Well, praise the Lord, everybody, and it is good to be with you here on God's Whole Word on this Friday evening. It is good to um, just be with you one more time, and we are here to share God's Whole Word. Amen. We don't want to leave anything out. And uh, again, I'll say to you, I'm going to try not to be too long with y'all, but we've turned a corner. Uh, we uh, went into a new uh, phase of the things that God hates. Uh, we, uh, you know, some people probably just really, well, I know they do. Some people get bent out of shape because uh, I spend so much time uh, have, or have spent so much time talking about this. Uh, but, you know, we, we need to understand what God says. And we need to understand the depth of what God is saying so that we will run as far away from the things that God hates as possible. And so with that said, let's go to God in prayer. You know, you 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 ought not to go into the word of the Lord uh, without his guidance. And sometimes, you know, I do go to prayer before I come to the podcast, but I, I try to make a point of making sure that we pray uh, before going into the word. But I'll tell you, uh, you, you really have got to have God's direction when you get into the Word, when you study the Word of God, because so many people, uh, they, they run through the Word of God with their own mind and thoughts and ideas about things, and that doesn't work. You have got to have the guidance of the Holy Ghost. and The, the Bible tells you that the Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you into all truth. And so we thank Him for that. So we need His help tonight. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For the opportunity and the privilege to come to your word one more time. We thank you for your word because it is a light uh, that uh, guides our way. It is a lamp under our feet, a light under our path. And uh, Lord, we uh, just need that Holy Ghost to guide us and to lead us into all that we see and look at in your word. That we may understand it fully. That you may open our eyes into the full and complete understanding of what uh, you are saying in your word. And so with that said, open our mind and our hearts uh, to receive what you have for us in the name of the blessed Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. And so with that said, uh, I'm just going to read for a moment uh, the verse. I know y'all, probably some of y'all, you say, oh my goodness, he just keep repeat, repeat, repeat. But you know, uh, we really need to have a mind to be able to repeat the word of God uh, to us and to our soul because the Bible tells us quite a few times the apostles use the word uh, you know or rather words of bringing the people of God into remembrance of what was said and so we need to do that we need to continually look in remembrance at the things that God says because this will help keep our feet on the straight and narrow path and so with that said uh, Proverbs chapter 6 verses 16 through 19 says these things or excuse me these six things that God hate or doth the Lord hate, uh, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. And verse 17 says, a proud look, we talked about that, a lying tongue, we talked about that, and hands that shed innocent blood, we just finished uh, quite a long time on that. And then um, uh, verse 18, and heart that defies, uh, deviseth wicked imaginations, that is the one that we actually uh, finished right before going into the one we're at now. A heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. And now we speak about feet that be swift in running to mischief. What is mischief? Mischief is the things that uh, are evil, the things that cause hurt, the things that cause grief, the things that cause misery, the things that stir up trouble and cause sorrow. And uh, there's so much more involved with that, but that kind of gives you the gist of, of that word. So, But God is saying it, it angers him that people, uh, well, the Lord don't want us to be involved with that at all. Uh, but he said what really, well, shall we say, uh, can we use these words? What really ticks God off? Huh? Can we say that? Can we talk about what ticks God off? Oh, hallelujah. 
Uh, so God says this mischief stuff, it's stirring up trouble, causing uh, misery and sorrow and, and hurt and, and moving in an evil way, in a wicked way about you. God says, uh, you don't like it at all anyhow, but he sure enough gets ticked off. And God hates it when we're just so quick about it. You want to swiftly move. You want to be either in a hurry to do it or you're going to just in an instant moment, in a sudden moment, run to mischief. And you're going to do it, uh, the Bible says, running. you got yourself, you're just a move in your feet to get on. And... Uh, the Lord said, I don't like that. He said, I just don't like that. And then in verse 19, it says, a false witness that speaketh lies. We haven't got to that, but we're going to get to there eventually. And him that just, uh, he that soweth discord among the brethren. God hates that too. But we have been camping out now. We, we moved our camp over to feet that be swift to running uh, and running to mischief. And so, as I said, I don't want to keep y'all too long, but we talked about uh, this uh, this past Tuesday, and what we uh, spoke about was in Galatians chapter 5 and verse uh, 22, uh, starting with verse 22, it's talking about the fruits of the Spirit of God. And uh, we were talking uh, about certain things. We said on the last podcast um, this past Tuesday, we, when we talked about it, we talked about the need of the followers of Christ to, uh, first of all, to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. you got to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. Because uh, from that comes the fruits of the Spirit of God. And you need to really, uh, if you will, go back to that podcast this past Tuesday. And uh, uh, we, we, we look at these things and... Um, you know, God God hates a troublemaker. You know, some people say, oh, you can't talk like that. God loves everybody. Well, I know God loves everybody, but he hates a troublemaker. And if you don't believe that, you, you need to read the word of God. You know, God has got some things that he says about some things that he does not like. And you say, well, you know, God hates the sin and loves the sinner. I get all that. I understand what you're trying to do. You're trying to separate the sin from the sinner. But I'm going to tell you what, the word of God doesn't do that. The Word of God makes it very clear that if you are in sin, you are a sinner. If you are in sin, you are in a sin, you are a sinner. Now, the the thing that I find rather interesting is you don't find too many churches that will go into First John, uh, the book of First John. I'm not talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but I'm talking about First John. Matter of fact, I'll, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn over there for a minute. Uh, you know, because uh, there's some people, when I get into talking about some of these things and I say some of the things, some of the things that the Lord puts in my mouth to say, some people don't like what I say. They, it bothers them. It, it just kind of stirs them up and gets them going. But, uh, you know, uh, you, you better read the whole counsel of the word of God because that's what the devil said, that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Well, the Lord moved on uh, the apostle uh, John. He moved on, you know, the, 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 the one that was called the beloved uh, and John the beloved. And, and he wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Well, when you look uh, at what some of the things that he says... If you look at chapter uh, 3 of 1 John uh, and, and verse 10, it says, In this the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. In other words, this is what it's going to look like. This is what the children of God going to look like and this is what the children of the devil is going to look like. I didn't say it. God's word did. And so I'm just telling you what he said. I'm just a messenger. And it says, Whosoever doth not righteousness is not of God. I didn't say it, the Bible did. If you're not going to do what's right, you are not of God. If you are not going to walk in righteousness, you are not of God. That is not my words, that's the Bible, that's what's written, and that's what you better believe, that's what you better hear coming out of the mouth of God. But it says right here, He, oh Lord, help us, Jesus. He said, whosoever doth not righteousness is not of God. And I'm going to tell you what, when the Bible says God hates those that run swiftly, swiftly running into mischief, that's not somebody that's working righteousness. Don't you sit there and tell me that lie. That's a bold-faced lie. And, and he said, and then he said, now listen, he said, neither he that loveth not his brother. If you, 
And, and you know, some people say, well, well, as long as I love. No, 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 that ain't what that said. It said that you're not a child of God, uh, hallelujah, if you don't do what's right. If you don't do righteousness, that's what it's saying. If you don't walk in righteousness, you don't live in righteousness, you don't talk in righteousness, you don't, don't do anything serving God in righteousness. Now, I'm going to tell you what it covers everything from the top to the bottom. Uh, if you don't do that, the Bible says you are not of God. You're not. And you better stop making excuses about why, well, you know, the Lord just knows my heart. No, the Bible says if you don't do righteousness, you are not of God. Don't make excuses. Stop making excuses because you're going to meet God. You are going to have to understand. One of these days, Jesus said that there are going to be people that are going to stand before him and they are going to start having a dialogue with God and having a discussion with God, trying to get God to understand all of their goodness, and God ain't going to have none of it. Because he said, when they said, well, we did this in your name, and we did that in your name, and so on and so forth, he said, I'm going to look at them, I'm going to tell them I don't know them because of their sin. That's what it says. Now, I ain't got time for all of that, but I'll tell you what, you want to go uh, to the eunuch preacher, uh, our uh, ministry on YouTube. You can Google that up, look it up, whatever you want to do. Uh, the eunuch preacher that is done by J.W. Brand, that's myself. And, and, and you can download some of the things that we're talking about. I'm going to be in the Word. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not going to lie to you. You won't be lied to. I'm going to tell you that there's a lot of preachers and a lot of churches out there going to lie to you. I got a mailing today. I got something in the mail from a flat out lying church. Lying church with a lying preacher. And I'm going to be talking about that this coming Saturday. We also have the eunuch preacher uh, ministries that comes up on Saturday as well. We pre uh, record everything and then Brother Vernon uh, is so good about, he's the one that mans all the cameras and uh, the camera does the lighting and everything and then downloads everything on the computer and all. And so by the time that we get it pre-recorded, uh, it'll be sometime later in the evening on Saturday. But you, you, I tell you what, you, you need to go to the archives. You need to look at the Word of God. You need to look at the, uh, the messages that are preached out of the Word of God because uh, you can't bend God's Word. You can try it, but the battle and bottom line is if you really want to know the truth, the truth is right here in the Word of God. But what happens is when you start reading, matter of fact, you should go ahead and read the chapter of verse 3, or chapter 3 of First John. You might not feel comfortable. You just might not feel comfortable at all because uh, the Bible is just really clear about these things. He said, verse 6 of chapter 3, he said, Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. I didn't say it. The Bible did whosoever abideth in him, whoever's going to live in Jesus, it says, he sinneth not. Huh? Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him and neither know him. If you're just going to continue to sin and you're not going to repent, the Bible says you don't know Jesus. You may claim him, you may claim his name, but you do not know him. And then you can go on to verse 7 and said, Little children, let no man deceive you. You shouldn't be deceived. Let no man deceive you. I don't care who they are. I don't care if it's the Pope. It don't make any bit of difference. They're going to lie to you and deceive you. He said, Let no man deceive you. Don't you know the Pope is a man? Oh, yeah, he's a human being. He, he's not the go-between between you and Christ. I don't know where you got that lie from. But that's not true. Jesus is the go-between between us and God. He is, is the one that I shall go between. You pray to Jesus. That's what the Bible's talking about. Uh, and so it says, little children, in verse 7, chapter 3, I'm not going to lie to you. You can turn it to yourself in the book of First uh, John. And it says, little children, let no man deceive you. He that doth righteousness is righteous. If you, if you want to be righteous, you're going to be doing righteousness. But you've got to do it through Jesus. You can't do righteousness without Jesus because it's not going to count for nothing. But when you get Jesus, you're going to have to do right when you get him. And what you do right in him as you move through him will be counted for you and to you, and with you. Hallelujah. But he said, little children, let no man deceive you. He that doth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Verse 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil. I did not say that. Well, I did. It came out of my mouth. But 
I didn't write it. I'm telling you what the Bible says. Don't tell me you're going to get a pair of scissors and cut this part out of the Bible. You can't do that. You can't remove things from the Bible. The Bible tells you there's going to be a curse come upon you if you remove the things from the Bible that are there. And that is there. It says in verse 8, He that committeth sin is of the devil. I didn't say it. I didn't write it. I'm just telling you what was said. I'm just a messenger. And so when God says he hates those that run swiftly to mischief, stubborn thing, and you're running off to trouble, well, I got Jesus. You ain't saved. If you're running around causing trouble and stirring things up, Brother, you're not saved. Sister, you're not saved. You're going to have to find an altar and repent and get right with God before it's too late. Because the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8, He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. That's the reason why. You are the child of the devil himself if you're going to sit there and say, Well, I can just, you know, it's the grace of God that saved me and I can just keep on sinning. No, you cannot and be right with God. You've got to wake up every morning and say, God, I need your power. You can't do it without God's power. That's the reason why you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You need the fire and power of God in you to help you walk right and to live right and to talk right. And I tell you what, even to walk, walk the way y'all do, you know some of you sauntering around acting like you got something going on up in that body of yours. But God is looking down on you and he's telling you, you better repent and you better turn and get right with him. Because one of these things, one of these days, you're going to have to have a meeting with Jesus. You're going to have to have something done, a conversation with him. And he's going to tell you, why didn't you listen to that preacher? I know he sounded like crazy man, a crazy man, but I sent him to tell you, why didn't you listen to him? Why didn't you listen to the word of God that he told you? Why didn't you hear him? Why didn't you find an altar and repent and turn from God? Why did you keep living and walking in mischief? Why did you keep wanting to run and do what God said not to do and turn around and go back to God and say, God, I'm sorry. Help me, Lord. I need your strength. I need your power. I need your anointing. God, because I can't do it by myself. You can't do it by yourself. It's not possible. You need the power of God. Even Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, you say, well, you sure do repeat that a lot. I repeat it over and over because it's what Jesus said. He said, you shall receive power. Don't you know that Jesus still has that power available to you right now today? It's Listen, you've got preachers out there lying to you, telling people that the baptism of the Holy Ghost is not for today. I'm here to tell you that's not true. That's a bold-faced lie. God's still baptizing people with the Holy Ghost and fire, and that Holy Ghost and fire will give you the power to overcome sin. Yes, it will. Now, you may have to live for God maybe one minute at a time. You may have to live for God every ten minutes. You may have to say, God, help me the next ten minutes. And maybe you might live for him one day and you say, God, I need you to help me the second day and the third day and the fourth day. That's the reason why I encourage people and I tell people, you know what? You better get on your knees in the morning before you even start your day. And the reason why, now I'm not trying to be legalistic, but I'm just saying, how are you going to start your day? How are you going to walk with God? How are you going to move through the day when the devil could get plans going on to absolutely wipe you out that day and you never did go to God and say, Lord, I need your help today. You say, well, I'm just going to believe and I'm just going to thank the Lord. Listen, you're going to have to have communication with him. What do you think prayer is? Do you know that God created prayer for us to be able to commune? And when we pray, we speak to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord, he is the go-between between us and God. And God will make a way. God will allow us to stand before him. He will allow us to go before him and to talk to him and live with him and serve him and honor him. But let me tell you something. God don't want us to sin. He don't want us doing that. And he says right here, he says, verse 8, whosoever uh, is born of God doth not commit sin. You, uh, you understand? And it says, for his seed remaineth in him. You know, as long as you've got that spirit of the Holy Ghost down in you, you got the spirit of God down in you, the seed of the Lord is inside of you. And, and, and you should be full of the Holy Ghost. Now, some people, they've been baptized with the Holy Ghost and, and they turn out living like the devil. And you know why? Because they didn't stay full of the Holy Ghost. 
And they got their eyes on things that they shouldn't have never got their eyes on. And that is because of you being full of uh, you being full of the uh, your flesh and, and 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 not allowing yourself to be full of the Holy Ghost. Okay? Because when you are baptized with the Holy Ghost, you, you, you there's going to be this battle that comes. And your flesh is going to fight against the spirit, and the spirit's going to fight against the flesh. That's what's going to happen. The Bible tells you that. And so when you get baptized with the Holy Ghost, you have to make sure that you keep yourself full of the Holy Ghost because it will keep you strong. It will keep you vibrant in God's power and His Spirit. And not only that, but as you're full of the Holy Ghost, it gives you the power to begin to bear the fruit of the Lord. That is mentioned in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. And so... Uh, you can continue on and, and read the rest of those. Uh, th- matter of fact, let's just read it. It says, verse 8, For the purpose, uh, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's the reason why the Lord came. That's why he was robed in flesh, was to come to work uh, to destroy the works of the devil. And then in verse 9, it says, Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for sin remaineth in him. Okay? Uh, actually, I was reading verse uh, 9, I guess. All right, let's read verse 8. It says, He that committeth sin is of the devil. I, I didn't say that. The, the Bible tells you that in verse 8. Excuse me. I read verse 9. I meant to read verse. But listen, it says in verse 8, verse eight He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. Actually, I think I did read it. All right. For this purpose the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Okay. And I, I do apologize because I make marks and notes in my Bible when I was trying to read over that. All right, verse 9. Verse 9 says, Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. You are going to give yourself completely and wholly to the Lord. And you say, well, what is the point in having an advocate between uh, the Father, which is Jesus Christ? Well, we understand that the Scripture does say that there is those that could fall. But there's a reason why people fall, and the Bible tells you that. If you look at the book of James, it tells you how that begins, where it starts with a thought, and the next thing you know, you know you're moving from there. Listen, the devil can throw thoughts at us, but, and you know, honestly, the devil don't really know what you're doing with those thoughts when he first throws them at you, if, if he does. Sometimes it's your flesh that's doing it. But, but you know, sometimes the devil does, and it, sometimes you can kind of get an idea of where it's coming from, because if you're walking with God and staying full of the Holy Ghost, you can pretty much guarantee if you do what the Bible says, it says to, to keep the flesh buried. You know, we're, we're to keep it buried. We're not to allow the flesh to rise up and, and, and to do what it wants, because if you look at Galatians 5, and I believe it's, uh, or chapter 5 and verse 9. It might be 18 and 19, or 19 and 20. Uh, but anyway, the works of the flesh, you, you'll find it there. Uh, it, it talks about the, the different things that the works of the flesh are. And we want to keep ourselves from those things. We don't want to lean into those things. And the Bible says that if you, uh, you know, if you're led of the Spirit, that you... You won't fall into the fleshly uh, ways and ideas and ideologies, and and then when you do that, when you when you go from allowing the thoughts, you know, because sometimes what happens is you could be. I mean, sometimes I've been in prayer. I'll give you a for instance. Sometimes I've, I've been in prayer, and I've been in like a heavy prayer, and all of a sudden it's just a wicked evil thought come into my head. I mean, out of nowhere, just out of the blue. I mean, it wasn't even something I was thinking about. And it was nothing that I would ever want to entertain or anything. It was just out of the blue. And I knew it was Satan. And I stopped my prayer and I rebuked him in the name of Jesus. And, you know, boom, and it left. And so sometimes this happens because the devil don't want you to be praying. Now, he knows, you know, you might, he may not hear everything you're saying, especially if you got your closet time of prayer where you just, you know, you're praying quietly and nobody hears, you know. And that kind of thing. You got that time of prayer too. I, I, we've got, you, you know, you got to have that closet time of prayer. You also got your collective time of prayer with the body of Christ, and 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 then we got 
prayers of praise and worship, and we've got prayers that we pray in the church asking for the needs to be met. And of course, those are uh, vocal and those are out loud, and sometimes they can get quite loud depending on whether it's a, you know, it could be a, a sacrifice of praise we're giving to God, and those can be uh, quite vehement and uh, heated, in other words, hallelujah, uh, because God put fire in us. You know, Jeremiah said it's like fire shut up in my bones, hallelujah. But you know, if you will do like the, the book of Jude says, building up your most holy faith, there's only one chapter there, and look at verse 20, building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You build your faith up. You build your faith up, building up uh, your most precious holy faith. I call it a precious holy faith. The word precious is not actually there. But it's a holy faith. Do you understand? The Bible says building up your most holy faith it is a holy faith this is not something that can be uh you know exacted to sin you can't do that you know like the lord he talks about leaven you can't have uh well through the mouth the apostle paul the apostle paul was talking about how there's leaven you know you get that in the church leaven is like yeast you know you if you've ever made bread with yeast all you've got to have is this small little amount of yeast it's like you can get them in these little packets you know and you don't have to have much in there, and it will make that bread expand. Uh, but it causes the bread to expand just that little bit. And this is what happens with a little bit of sin in the church. This is also what happens with a little bit of sin in our lives. Because a little bit of leaven, it leaveneth the whole lump. In other words, it causes the whole lump of dough to expand and continue to expand. So that sin, that little bit of sin is going to grow into something bigger and bigger and bigger. It will continue. And it works that way, not only in the body of Christ, but it also works personally in our lives. And so we have to take these verses seriously when it says uh, that, uh, you know, the Bible says, he that committeth uh, sin is of the devil. And you say, well, what if I made a mistake? Does that mean I'm of the devil? Well, no, that doesn't mean you're of the devil. If you have your mind and your heart geared towards, I'm going to go, you know, right now, I'm going to repent. You know, and, and you say, well, what if I'm at work? Well, you know, the Lord can read your mind. So you could be busy working and praying and nobody know you're praying, not even the devil. And you could say, Lord, forgive me. You know, maybe a thought came through your mind, and, and you, 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 you might have took a little bit too long, and you shouldn't have. And you have to say, Lord, forgive me. Help me, Lord. Help me. I need your strength today. I need your power today. And clear that record immediately. Don't leave it sit there. And, and, and God is going to allow us to move in that direction. But, but when, when we're talking about this verse here, you know, people, they are in a continual process of sin. When you read this and you study it, you find out that they don't have a mind to repent. They don't want to do that. They don't want to live in a way to where you are constantly in a mode and a frame of mind that anytime something comes, you're immediately ready to turn and walk away from it. You're immediately, you know, the Bible tells you to resist the devil and he'll flee from you. That's what it says. And, and if you don't resist him, do you know the devil sees that? And so if you are quickly going to run to mischief, and that is your modus operandi, and that's how you function. Now listen, you may not think your little sin, as some people want to call little sin, little sin. There is no such thing. Because it says, he that committeth sin is of the devil. So if you've got this idea that you've got little sins and that you can just keep committing those, you know like people that claim to be Christian and they tell off-color racist jokes? Huh? You think you're right with God? And they'll laugh and then they'll just go on. You have no business, not at all, as a follower of Jesus Christ having any racist jokes come out of your mouth. Ever! Shouldn't happen. Because I'm going to look at this verse and I'm going to say to you, he that committeth sin is of the devil. Hmm? If you're going to follow Jesus Christ, you better flat out, full well, follow Jesus Christ. Stop playing games with him. You're going to have to stop doing that. And, and, and so, uh, you know, uh, when it says, uh, it says he that committeth sin is of the devil, that's really strong language. But the Lord means for us to hear it and understand it. 
And because the devil sneezed, he sinned from the beginning, and this is the purpose of the Son of God was manifested, he might destroy the works of the devil. W what does he mean by that? Well, he wants to destroy it. So if Jesus is inside you, there should be no room for those type of things. There should be no comfort in your soul at all to sin. It should not be there. If you are comfortable with sin, something is wrong in your soul. Your sin is sick. Or your soul is sick, excuse me. Your soul is sick with sin. That's what I meant to say. But your soul is sick with sin. And you know, some people, you know, they brush it off. I, you know, this coming Wednesday, or this last Wednesday night, we were talking about some things. And I made a very clear point of speaking to preachers and pastors and ministers of the gospel. And I pointed to specifically to one, I did not mention his name, but um, the fact that this man and his wife, they had some movies in their home that they should not have. They absolutely should not. And, you know, you, you've got to point these things out to people because, you know, people are going to make excuses. They're going to, uh, and then you're going to get up in the pulpit and you're going to be re you're going to be preaching to people that they need to repent and walk with God and you're not doing it yourself. That's a hypocrite if there ever was one. And you can't live like that. You need to get out of the pulpit. If you're not going to live right, you're not going to repent yourself, you need to get out of the pulpit. Now, if you're going to repent, you know, I think that uh, you, you might take some time to put some other people in the pulpit for a bit while you get yourself straightened out. So that you you know the difference between right and wrong, because otherwise you're going to cause blame to come to the ministry. And the Bible talks about those things that a minister should be blameless. You cannot play games with God. But you know, a lot of people they look at those verses and they say, "Well, it's just talking about the minister being blameless." No, 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 no. Don't you know the whole church is given the ministry of reconciliation? That's what the Apostle Paul said, and we are all given that ministry, and so we all have a responsibility to live a blameless life. You cannot just walk in sin, and do what you want. You've got to turn from that. You've got to, and you say, "Well, that's just uncomfortable." Well, that tells me you're comfortable in your sin, and why is that? You need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. You say, "Well, I was baptized with the Holy Ghost," then that means you're not staying full of the Holy Ghost. That's exactly what that means. Because if you are comfortable in your sin and you tell me that you honestly were baptized with the Holy Ghost, whatever, a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, two weeks ago, two months ago, whatever it is, and that you spoke in tongues as God gave the utterance, then I'm going to say to you, you've not stayed full of the Holy Ghost if you're comfortable to be living in sin and will not allow yourself to walk back to a repentant life. That doesn't please God. Because God says here, those that commit sin are of the devil. So we're going to have to get things right. You're going to have to get it straightened out. And, <clears throat> you know, we say these things in light of the verse that we've been looking at. <clears throat> and that is that God absolutely hates those who, they're very quick to run into uh, stirring up trouble and all that kind of thing. And, and, you know, the other thing is, people think gossip is no big deal. Listen. Gossip can destroy. Don't you know that? And so if you think that you're a Christian and you're following the Lord and yet you're gossiping, you know the Bible talks about cliques. It don't use that word, but it's certainly got the scripture to back it up. Because David talks about it. He said he wasn't going to sit where those that were in hiding places and, and they were talking. No, it literally tells you these things. Because you know, you got your little cliques and you're, you're talking about sister so-and-so and you're talking about brother so-and-so and so on. You say, well, you, you called out this preacher. That's not the same thing. Because the Bible tells you that when you get yourself straightened out, you got your life because God is going to work on people. That's how it is. God's going to work on people to get them right with the Lord. And then when they get right with the Lord, they are supposed to avenge sin. And they're supposed to, uh, you know, uh, point these things out and, and get these things dealt with because sin cannot be in the church. Because it's, it's like the yeast. It will grow. It will continue to grow. And it will destroy a church. It will absolutely destroy it. When you look at uh, you know, 1 Corinthians, and I think it's chapter 5. I believe it's 1 Corinthians. Uh, chapter 5. And it's talking about a man that was having sex with his father's wife. 
Now, why they worded it that way, we're not exactly sure. It could have been his actual natural mother, and so they just mentioned it as his father's wife. Or it could have been a stepmother, you know, either way. But uh, who, whoever it was as far as whether it was a stepmother or whatever the case may be, or his actual natural mother, he was having sex with her. And this was mentioned in the Corinthian church, and, and the Apostle Paul said, you know, it's a shame that you've sit here and let this go on. It's absolutely a shame that you've let this go on. Now, people read that and they look at that, and he told them, he said, you need to deal with this, and that person needs to be removed. And they had to be removed to the point that he said they're going to be turned over to the devil until they get this right. And the devil can just tear the body up if need be, and, and then they come back and repent. And apparently in second, uh, the second letter, the second uh, book of Corinthians, you find that he has done that, and he's encouraging the man has repented, and he's encouraging them to, to reach out to him and love him and care for him because he has repented. Because that's ultimately what we want. We don't, you, know, you don't want to point out sin and then just uh, tear people up and then not allow them that point of repentance where you allow them to come back in the fold. Because I've, I've had that done to me. I really did. I had that done to me many years ago where I came back to the fold. I, you know, I've told people, I'm not a, uh, well, I'm ashamed of my past. But, but I'm not going to withhold that information. I want people to know. I want people to know the truth. And uh, when I came back, you know, to the church, and uh, there was, there was a, a man down at the altar, and he was supposed to be praying with the folks down at the altar and everything. And the pastor called me down there. He saw that I was way up in the, you know, way up in the back. You know, I, I didn't want to be um, down in the front where I used to be. I just wanted to be there to worship God. And he saw me, and he called me and said to the brothers, he said, bring Brother John down here. And uh, people prayed with me and everything. But there was uh, some behind me. Because they knew what sin I'd gotten wrapped up with, uh, you know. And he he said, you know, uh, I, you know, because I told y'all I was part of the gay agenda and all that kind of thing. God said to come out from among, and you got to do, you got to obey. Now that doesn't mean that uh, I've said this also, uh, you know. Uh, to this day, there's still that same sex attraction and different things like that. But the Lord said, my grace is sufficient, so you move on. So that's what I'll say about that. But these brothers, in particular one. Uh, he was standing back and he refused to pray. And there was a brother that said to him, he said, why won't you pray with him? And he said, because he can't come back. He can't be saved because of what he was doing. Well, the only sin that the Bible ever talks about that cannot be redeemed is the blaspheme of the Holy Ghost. And this brother was not referring to blaspheme of the Holy Ghost. He was referring to something else. And he misunderstood the scriptures. But he refused to pray with me. And not only that, but he refused any type of uh, hand of fellowship to me or anything. He was uh, not not at all wanting to fellowship uh, or be even kind to me. And uh, but, but nonetheless, I'll tell you this. God used that situation to point to me that I had to forgive and I had to uh, allow that not to be a point of contention to me that I would, uh, you know, judge him. He is under the delusion, or was under the delusion. I'm praying that I uh, prayed. Uh, I mean, I don't even know if the man is still living or not. But I mean, I pray that he's had a long, good life. But um, you know, I could not hold anything within my heart. And the Lord had to teach me. Look, you're going to have to forgive. You're going to have to. Um, you know, you're going to have to not allow this to be something that creates a schism between you and the family of God. Even though he doesn't want fellowship, you've got to just continue to have that openness in your heart that you forgive. And so you have to, you know, the thing of it is a lot of folks, what they do when there's mischief that's going on. And, you know, if you think that you don't fit in that, well, I got news for you, you do. And even the Lord, when we get down to the one uh, part of what God hates about, uh, you know, those that cause discord among the brethren. Well, these are people that are part of the body. Okay, so so don't think that this doesn't apply to the church. You better believe it does. And so when there is things that people... Uh, you know, feel so comfortable to do you, you don't you know that was sin of of itself? Because 
you're not willing to look at things the way Jesus does. Because Jesus said the only thing that was unforgivable was the sin of blaspheme, which was not uh, the issue there. Uh, <clears throat> but to him, because of certain verses that he had misconstrued and misunderstood, because he had come from a time and where preachers had misaligned some things. And, and so he just uh, kept to that, even though... Uh, his own pastor had talked and preached uh, things a bit differently than what he had understood from the past uh, pastor or teaching that he had before. Uh, you know, because the Lord is going to give you insight. You know, the Bible talks about this one man that uh, he was preaching. He was a great man of God. And you, you see this in the early church, and there was a couple that came to him, and they had to explain the Word of God to him more perfectly. It's not that we don't have Bible to express that very truth, that there's going to be those uh, who need the Word of God expressed to them more perfectly so that they understand. Uh, so we really want to make sure that we do that. But all in all, you have to make sure that you keep the lines of uh of forgiveness open to people because the Lord is going to expect that because he said if you don't forgive your brother he said I, I'm not going to forgive you I mean that's pretty clear so that means that sin when you don't do that and if you use an excuse of your misalignment or misinterpretation of scripture that's not going to work when you meet God it's just not going to work so what you have to do is you have to say okay well if I'm not understanding something then I need to get into the word of God and I need to find out what this this is you know, because what the brother basically was understanding that is because if someone had uh, been in a relationship with someone of the same sex, they would never be able to be saved again. That You know, God couldn't do that or whatever. That was the mindset. And that certainly is not true. It's not the case. But there's some people that have that flawed belief, misunderstanding of Scripture and, and so on. So uh, in any event. I'm going to wrap this up. I told you I didn't want to be here too long. Uh, I've actually gone over my time. But let's look at this. Let's look at this in light of, uh, you know, I want to finish it up with this. And let's go to Galatians chapter 5 and verse uh, uh, 20, 22, I believe it is. All right. And it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And the one I wanted to focus on for just, uh, just a moment is joy, the fruit of joy. If you have actually got the fruit of joy that you are bearing off of your tree, I mean, people are going, you have to remember the fruit that comes from the tree, other people are to enjoy the fruit off of a tree, and we've talked about that. And so the fruit of joy is something that others should be able to see and feel from you. And so if you have the fruit of joy in your life, there's no room for running to mischief. There's no room to getting on the phone and start gossiping about sisters and brothers in the church. Because the fruit of joy is not going to allow that because that would come from another place because you're spreading misery. So how could you have the fruit of joy if you're trying to spread misery? Because when you start talking behind people's back and you start gossiping, and I'm going to say this too, even if it's something that may be true about what you're saying, do you think that you should get on the phone and be spreading that or the computer or whatever you're doing or you know, however your means are to communicate with people? Do you think that that's pleasing to God? Or do you think that you need to do what the Bible says and take them to prayer? Huh? Because if, if you truly know that a, a brother or sister has fallen, you know, the Bible says those that are spiritual to, be, uh, to come along and lift them up and be very careful to consider yourself. So gossip don't have no room for it. So if you've got joy of the Lord, the fruit of, the, you know, the fruit of joy from God's Spirit, you're going to feel so much joy from the Lord, you're not going to want to be gossiping about other folks. Huh? And I'm going to tell you something about gossip. You know, used to they used to say, oh, them ladies, they're over there gossiping. I'm going to tell you what, there are some men that can gossip. Oh, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I'll tell you what, they can put the ladies to shame sometimes. Hmm? 
Did you not hear about brother so and so? Did you remember and sister so and so? Did you hear about brother so and so? Brother so and so? Oh yeah. And 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 I've I've been I've been under the experience I will say of a brother that gossiped about me, and it was very difficult to deal with. It caused a lot of hurt and a lot of pain and a lot of grief. And um, I just want you to understand, we can't walk down that road because you still fit in this category and God wants it to be done away with. God doesn't want us sinning like that. God, we don't want to sin at all as we can see in the scriptures. But God don't want that sin in our life. He wants us to repent of it and turn from it and live for him with all of our heart. Stop doing the things that God hates. Stop thinking that your gossip is not as bad as the sin of murder. You got that wrong. You got that twisted up. Gossip is just as bad as the sin of murder. Do you understand? And and that may jar you, but it's the truth. And, and if you're going to go around uh, talking about people behind their back and speaking evil against people, your sin is just as bad and equal to murder or molesting a child or whatever else. You say, oh, it can't be that bad. Oh, yes, it is. Sin is sin to God. I don't care what you think. It don't matter to me what you think. You know, the Bible says let God be true and every man a liar. You're a liar if you think it any different. Because God's word is true and God's word made very clear. Sin is sin. Why do you think God put the law there? Because when you look at the law and all the 613 laws, I think it is, God is just leaving no stone unturned. There's nowhere for anybody to turn to say they, can't, they don't sin. Or haven't sinned. But when you come to God and God puts his spirit inside of you, you're baptized with the Holy Ghost, he's put a seed inside of you, and now he said, I don't want you sinning. And so now what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to allow yourself to stay full of the Holy Ghost and allow the word of God to get down inside of you because it's the seed of his word as well. That's going to get inside of you. You know, you can be baptized with the Holy Ghost and then never hear the preaching of God's word. That's not going to work for you. It's not going to work out. You've got to have the word of God. You got to have it down in your soul because the word of God is the seed of God's word himself. And that seed will get in there, be planted inside of you, and it will grow and it will bear this fruit that we're talking about. And you need the fruit of joy to keep you running into mischief so quickly like you want. Oh, did you hear about so and so? Stop that gossip right now in the name of Jesus. Get yourself right with God. Do you understand? You, you need to go repent, and if you've hurt somebody, you need to go get it straightened out and stop talking about people behind their back. Well, don't even talk about them in front of the face either. I mean, y'all going to have to learn to love each other. That's the reason why, you know, when you go on down in chapter one, uh, chapter thir uh, excuse me, chapter 3 of the first book of John, you know, and then he said, and then you go on, you know, you, you, you got to do the things that are right, and you have to love your brother, and that means family, you know, the family of God. You gotta learn to love each other. I mean, this nonsense about well, I'll forgive them, but I can't stand them. Well, if you can't stand them, then you didn't forgive them, because you have to learn to love them. And and you know, I I realize that there's a line that sometimes has to be drawn. Uh, I remember a brother, and I'm just gonna say this, and then I'm gonna be done. That did not stay full of the Holy Ghost. He had been baptized with the Holy Ghost at one time. But he didn't stay full of the Holy Ghost. And he actually raped a young lady in the church. And he went to prison. And he spent years in prison for it. And when he came out, you know, he got himself right with God again when he got was in prison. And he was sorry for his sin. He asked forgiveness and, and those type of things. But he came back to the pastor where he had been, where that sister was still going. And he said, would I be able to attend here? And, and the pastor said, well, because of what's happening, what you've done, he said, I can't say yes or no. He said, I can't do that. He said, that's going to be up to the sister and her family because it affected the family too. It was a, just a horrible thing that happened. And um, so he talked to the sister. He talked to the family. And the family was forgiving and loving uh, that said, you know, we forgive him and let's move on. He can come and he can worship here. Um, we just won't be fellowshipping with one another. We just, you know, but I want him to have a place to worship. But we'll just keep that line 
uh, there where I want him to understand that we love him and forgive him, but we're not going to be hanging out, you know, that kind of thing. And so there's like this fine line that you have to kind of work with sometimes, depending on the situation. Um, and some people, if if the sister had said, I just can't handle that, then it would have been done because the pastor told him, he said, if she says no, then you will have to attend a different church. And he said, I will have to let the pastor know that you go to, since you're still considering me your pastor, I will have to let them know where you go, what happened. And you say, well, that's not fair. Well, the thing of it is that people need to understand and know those things. It's not to cause the person grief to where they can't be forgiven but the pastor needs to be aware because uh, he, this brother don't need to be in charge of certain things y'all understand what i'm saying and you say but doesn't forgiveness allow him to be in charge of certain things no not at all do you think a child molester that asks forgiveness uh the, the parents would be comfortable with you allowing them to be a sunday school teacher i have no doubt they would be very uncomfortable with that that doesn't mean that they're not forgiven but it does mean that you have to be aware of uh, the situation and understand that there's some lines that need to be drawn. That does not mean that you don't forgive them. But what I was talking about is where people say, I forgive you, but I can't stand you. That's not forgiveness. You may have to draw some lines, but you can't say that you forgive them and then turn around and say you can't stand them and talk about them behind your back, behind their back. I mean, that's not forgiveness. So I'm sure that from what I've said, you, you can get the meaning of what I'm saying. So with all that said, I'm going to get off of here. I hope that you all have a blessed evening. We are going to have uh, our worship service tomorrow on Saturday. It will be pre-recorded and downloaded for you all to listen to. Probably by the evening of Saturday, maybe up into Sunday, you'll be able to see it. Uh, but in any event, we certainly would uh, uh, be happy that you would uh, come along with us and worship with us. Uh, download those things, watch them, and and be encouraged and be strengthened. On Saturdays, we tend to focus on messages that are geared towards reaching the lost. But we have lots of songs we sing. We sing the old-time Pentecostal songs and uh, lots of worship and praising God and giving God uh, our prayer request and and uh, and hearing the Word of God. And so we would just love for you to be a part of, of those things if you uh, you know care to to watch those things. And you know and 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 just being. Uh, keeping our ministry in prayer. I really would appreciate that. Uh, we are praying for the Lord to move us into the next phase of things, uh, hopefully in the near future. I'm sure that we will be moving uh, closer and closer to what God, I feel that the Lord wants us to do, and that is to open up a church, to start a church. And God has given us a name to work with. It's going to be called Miracle Tabernacle. And uh, it'll be placed, it'll be done in um, a place somewhere around in the Houston area. And so, with that said, I'm just praying that you have a blessed weekend. And if you worship on Sunday, I pray that the Lord will just bless y'all and uh, keep his hand upon each and every one of you. And so with that said, God bless you. I'm out.